You know, family matters, amen? But there's also some family matters. So, do you realize that the Lord God created the home even before he brought forth the church? So, what he shows us is the greatest gift he has given us is relationship. And people's joy and hope on earth and the sense of security, sense of belonging, sense of well-being comes from relationship. But the enemy knows that. That's why he, from the very beginning, wants to destroy relationships. Today, I want to title a message called Fight, Flight, or Forgive. Because we can have relational things that come our way, and we can put up our dukes and we can begin to fight. Or we can begin to just disappear and we can flight, we can just move out of the way, or we can come to the place of forgiveness. Amen? Father, thank you, Lord, for your merciful kindness, your great grace, and I'm asking you, Lord, today to do what only you can. Lord, that you would move in such a wonderful and awesome way in this house. I pray for the anointing, pray for the presence of your spirit. In Jesus' name. Genesis, the 50th chapter, it's a, it's a well-known story. As you look to the word of God, you see the story of Joseph, one of the greatest displays of God's forgiveness and kind of gives us some answers to some things that happen in our life. But in Genesis 50, here we have Joseph has basically brought preservation through the power of Jehovah to not just Egypt, but also to, to uh, Israel, because ultimately it was the preservation of the covenant people. It was the guarding and protecting of the seed that would bring forth the Messiah one day. But here what we have is when Joseph's brothers had seen that their father was dead, see, Jacob is dead now, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong which we did to him? Hmm. You ever had anybody do you wrong? In your own family? Any inheritance squabbles? Ooh, I heard some ouches on that one. So they sent instructions to Joseph saying, Your father commanded us before he died. This is dad's words. Whether it was or not, we're just telling you it is. This is his final will and testament. This is what he you need to hear. This is what you shall say to Joseph. Please forgive, I beg you, the offense of your brothers and their sins, for they did you wrong. And now, please forgive the offense of the servants of God, of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. Remember the dream? But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for, I, for am I in God's place? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result, 
to keep many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Now, how many love the Word of God? How many love the Word of God? I love the Word of God. Um, went and preached for Jacob Wednesday night. Oh, man, what an exciting time we had in going and just participating in their youth group that they're having there. But I issued a challenge to the youth group. I'm going to issue a challenge here. I'm, I'm, I've got money invested there, so but I'm not going to invest in you here. But <clears throat> I, I, I challenged the students to do this, to download the YouVersion app. And in the YouVersion app, it will keep record of how many times you log into that. I'll tell you what, if we get 100 days on there, I'll buy you lunch. Fair enough? If you'll download the version and start reading. Now, I made them pinky swear. This is a covenant that you hold that will literally cause nations to go to war. You got a pinky swear that you'll be honest, not just log in and log out. It's kind of like when you look at your Facebook page and then somebody sees a video, it just said they open it up, it, it shows a view. And then it gives you the average view, 32 seconds, 10 seconds. You've got to actually open it up and you've got to be honest about it and you've got to read. If you get 100 days in a row of reading, I'll buy you lunch. Consecutive days of reading, I'll buy you lunch. Is that fair? I'll motivate you any way I can to get you to come alive in the Word of God because the Word of God is important. Yeah. Download you version on your phone. You can have any variety. If you don't want to read, you can, put, you can find some of them. They'll, they'll read to you. You can just put it on and play it. Now, as you look here to the Word of God, I love the Word of God. And as I begin to read uh, the story of Joseph and read through that, and I'm not going to rehearse all of that before you today, but... Sometimes there are things that just stand out, and I was going to hold this for later on in the message, but Tim came and made a comment, and it just kind of changed the course of things a little bit. So what we see here is it all began in Joseph's life with a coat. You recall? In fact, I'm going to give you the scripture references, Genesis 37, 3. Now, Israel, this is speaking of Jacob, loved Joseph more than any other of his sons. Oh, that's bad to begin with. That's not good form, Israel. <laughs> Showing favoritisms. You've got to make all your kids believe they're the favorite one. Maybe Joseph is the one that wrote this down. I don't know. <laughs> because he was the son of his old age. I do will tell you, and my girls will tell me, uh, Mom and I, that you're so much easier on Jacob, and we'll tell them because you wore us out. <laughs> we had no energy left. But this is what I want you to see. And he made him a robe of many colors. Now, some theologians and historians believe that that robe is not just a, a, a robe of many colors, but it was a seamless robe. You know anybody else that wore a seamless robe? So could I just for a moment just bring a little parallel between Joseph the Deliverer and Jesus the Deliverer? So it all began here as the Father's favor rested upon the Deliverer. 
And the covenant people, his family, were not willing to receive it. So what did they do? Genesis 37 and 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe. They stripped Jesus of his robe. The robe of many colors that he wore. And now we see that he's sold into Potiphar's house. He gets to Potiphar's house and we got another clothing change. We got another clothing change. We have Joseph in Potiphar's house and now... Potiphar's wife is looking longingly at Joseph. So as she's looking longingly at Joseph, it just keeps on and on and on. I need you to sin. I need you to sin. I need you to sin. But he wouldn't sin. Sounds a little bit like our deliverer Jesus. Amen? They couldn't find any sin within him. But she said, the word of the Lord tells us in Genesis 39 and 12, and she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and he fled out of the house. A Pharaoh. First he interprets the, the baker and the cupbearer. He interprets their dreams as they were thrown into the prison that came true and they forgot about him for two more years. You ever been forgot about for a couple of years? It's not a good feeling. But the day came where now the Kronos and Kairos have crossed. It's a, the, the, the chronological time has crossed with a, a, an event in time. And now we've got a situation where we, we, we walk into it and we discover before he goes to Pharaoh, they took off his old prison garments and they put a different garment on him. That's Genesis 41 and 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, uh, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. Jesus went to a pit, did he not? And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Now, after he interprets Pharaoh's dream, now what do we have? Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand put it on Joseph's hand, clothed him in garments of fine linen, and put a gold chain around his neck. I don't think it was gangster, but anyway. Stripped his father's favor, wore the, ser wore the clothing of a servant, wore the clothing of a prisoner, gets cleaned up to come before Pharaoh, and now they clothe him with a royal robe, a ring of authority, and a chain that would say uh, he's made it. <laughs> Amen? So what do, we, what do we see in all of that? What we see is that when Christ came... He came with the Father's favor, but humanity would not receive him. He wore the robe of a servant, and he would not sin. He wore the robe of a prisoner, but ultimately now he's wearing the robe of righteousness because he lived without sin. But it gets gooder than that. Genesis 45 and 22. After he exposes himself and lets his brethren know who he is. What is our job is to know him and to make him known. I'm going to let you know who I am. Once he let them know who he was, then to each of and all of them, he gave a change of clothes. But Benjamin, he gave 300 shekels of silver and five changes of clothes. What does that tell us? 
uh, back to Tim. I didn't forget. But Tim came over and he said, he said, you know, people that come out of addiction, just like he came out of addiction, just like I came out of addiction, just like many came out of addiction, you're not recovering anymore. You've been recovered. See, you're not just, you're not recovering anymore. You are recovered. You don't just partly recover from a, an area. You either get out of prison or you stay in prison. <laughs> Jesus didn't stay in prison. He, uh, Joseph didn't stay in prison. He came out of prison. And he brought many of the captives with him. And folks, we are part today of those who have been delivered by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. I am not who I was. Amen? Now, as we look here, I'm going to get back to forgiveness. Notice here in this passage where they are so gravely concerned because they have wrongfully, they, this, this is their words. They acknowledge the fact that they did Joseph wrong. In fact, before they recognized him, they declared him to be dead to his face. They didn't recognize him because he didn't look like he looked as that 17-year-old boy that they threw in the pit. He didn't have the garb of a, of a Hebrew. On. He, was, he was there in a place of authority, and just that authority alone kind of masked his appearance to those that were the, the, his brothers that were speaking to him. He had forgotten about the dream, I believe, because the Bible reminds us or reminds him that the dream that he had is that his brothers, his brothers would be kneeling before him, and now he sees the dream and they're kneeling before, but he wasn't quite what he had imagined it to be. It seemed like a boast before, but now it is such sobriety because he is not who he was, and he's a place he never expected he would be. But his brothers robbed him. Think about it. Sabotaged. Decades. Not just a minute or a moment. What is the enemy after? He's after relationship. He's after relationship. What did he do? He robbed him of decades of relationship with his family. That's exactly what the enemy loves, would love for you to do. But now he's, in, he's, he's got an encounter with them. What do you do with this? Let's throat punch them. Every last one. Any fighters in the house? <laughs> Any growlers in the house? <laughs> I keep telling my wife, I said, You're, that phone will not operate on growl command. <laughs> my granddaughters are the same way. <laughs> they, get, they get frustrated, they growl. <laughs> They get that from their mama who got that from their nanny who got that from her grandmother and her mother and so on and so on and so on. But you look here and you see that's the first option. Let me at him. Let me at him. You remember the, the chicken hawk? <laughs> Just want to, come on. Let me at him. Just always ready for a fight. I'll take him down. Always after foghorn, leghorn. He's like, hey, dude, hey, hey. <laughs> Come on, let's, let's go to blows. I'm ready to fight. We got some fighters in the house. Just get in the room. Turn the lights out. I'll take them out before you even know what's going on. That's one alternative. Like I told her, she's not allowed to conceal and carry. <laughs> Probably shouldn't tell that publicly. <laughs> but anyway, looking on here. See, fight is one possibility. Or you can flight. Just run away. 
just run away. Just don't get in the presence. Just stay as far away from them. You got your part of the world. I got my part of the world. And as long as we are separate, we're okay. Come on. We're going to get a little deeper, so just stay with me, all right? That's an option as well. Then there's the third powerful option, and that is to forgive. Is to forgive. Now, the Hebrew word for forgive is to carry or carry away. I like the Greek definition of forgive, and that is not just to pardon, but to let go. See, unforgiveness is like drinking poison hoping that the other person dies. And there's a lot of relationships where people are hurt and that pain is legitimate, that pain is real, and that pain has affected many of folk in the house of God. And if it turns to unforgiveness, then it's like drinking that poison, just wishing and hoping that that other person is going to die. But it's not harming that other person as much as it's harming you. So here there is a proposition to forgive. Flight, flight, or forgive. Now I want you to look what Joseph's response and his emotion, you know, we can... We can have all the intellectual understanding of forgiveness. We can have all the right scripture references to forgiveness. We can recite them. We can go over them. We can talk about them. But ultimately, what wrecks us out is our emotions. It's that old emotion that if we could just get rid of that, we would be so much better off. We wouldn't have to worry about it. But the emotions are real. So I don't want to just talk to you about what the Word says. And yes, I do want to talk about what the Word says. But I want to get beyond that to to true deliverance where you're not carrying this weight around with you night and day, day and night, night and day. That every decision that you make is because of the hurt that was given to you maybe years ago, maybe last week. Maybe a month ago. I don't know. But I do believe with all of my heart, God has given us the authority and the power to let it go. To let it go. Don't be a grudge holder. It's not going to do you any good. Don't be a don't hold on to that offense. Let it go. In fact, the word of the Lord says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't hold on to those things that are going to eat you alive. Let them go. Release by releasing that individual. But notice what Joseph's response to their plea. And it was maybe not Jacob's will that they be forgiven, though I'm sure it was, whether he said those words or not. We know it's our Father's will in heaven above for us to receive forgiveness. Amen? I want you to notice here, he says, do not be afraid. For I am in, and he asked the question, do not be afraid, for am I in God's place? He's asked, he responded with a question. New Living Translation, Translation says this, but Joseph replied, do not be afraid of me, 
am I God that I can punish you? Amplified goes, says it this way, vengeance is his and not mine. Mm. See, in order to be forgiven, I've got to forgive. It's not okay for you to hold on to that unforgiveness. It's not. I'm not justifying the pain that came your way. I'm not justifying their actions. I'm not justifying the hurt that has been brought to you. I'm not justifying the abandonment that took place in your life. I'm not justifying the fact that the, 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 the fists that were thrown into your face or what has been done to you physically, emotionally. I'm not justifying any of that. But what I'm saying to you is there is a power of God that's beyond your power and if you will receive from him his forgiveness he will also enable you to let go and release that forgiveness to others we had a situation in our former church and there was a inheritance issue sisters had gotten together and the will was written out to one sister One, no, the, th the four sisters, three received inheritance and one was left out. I could tell you some more gut-wrenching stories than that, but we'll just go with this one. Wasn't just, wasn't fair, wasn't right. The spouse of the sister that was wronged, was in our, they were in our church, good, solid people. But after journeying with them on this, on this trail, it came to the place where he finally turned to her and he said, look, what would justice look like? What would vengeance look like? What would you do if you were God? What would you do if you were the ones, you were the one who had to cast judgment in these areas? I think there were moments where she'd say, well, we'll just run them down on the street. <laughs> But what he was trying to get her to, and I believe they got to that place where it's, look, look, this is not our role. It's not our role. We don't know what justice looks like. We don't know what, what the true alternative and what would be fair and why things happen the way they happen. We just don't know. What was he saying? He, he was saying to her, we are not God. To take vengeance upon someone, let the Lord take care of it. Offer it as a sacrifice to the Lord for his sake. Amen? Some of you have lived and are living through that situation right now. Or it's happened to you somewhere along the way. Why won't people do the right thing? It's because they don't have the right heart. Because you're born into a world of sin. They're blind. See, because they think that that inheritance has something to do more with their validation than who they are in Christ. Maybe they're not in Christ. Why do sinners act like sinners? Because they're sinners. Why do selfish people act like selfish people? Because they're selfish. But I want you to see there. Verse 20. As for you... 
You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Let me say to you, God's good. Listen to me. Listen to me loud and clear. No matter who's going through that circumstance of unforgiveness right now, God's good is greater than others' evil. God's good is greater than other people's evil that has been perpetrated against you. Let me say to those of you who have perpetrated evil against others, uh, God's mercy is greater than your sin if you will receive him uh, and let him help uh, you to be brave enough to go ask for forgiveness and reconcile those situations. Amen? But what we see here is so many times, and the word of the Lord tells us, and we sang it in a song today, for all things work together for good. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of things that have happened in my life. They worked for my good. They were not for my good until I discovered the love of God and he gave purpose to it. Amen? So he takes my trash and he turns it into treasure. He takes the hurt and the pain and the shame and he does something good with it. I don't know how he goes to the rubbish pile and he pulls out something magnificent when he puts his hand on it. But see, there was a lot of things in my life that were not for my good. Joseph would say, there's a lot of years I'd like to get back. There's a lot of hurt that afflicted me, but ultimately, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without all that. I don't know that I would value home and family as much as I value now if it wasn't for all that. I don't know that I would cherish or serve, honestly. I don't know. I hope that I would. I don't know that I would cherish my children and my grandchildren without the revelation God has given me from a very small child uh, that there was more to be had than what I was living. I, I don't know that I would cherish uh, my, 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 my wife uh, as much as I cherish her uh, if it hadn't been uh, for the dysfunction uh, and the disruption uh, that took place in my own home as a child. I don't know. I hope that I would. But when you go long enough without something... And it's the longing of your heart because God put it there. Then when you have it, you cherish it. You hold on to it. You guard it. You protect it. Are you getting anything today? Let me, Lord spoke something to me. I hope it will help you as much as it helped me. It's kind of a, it's kind of a funny week this week. I'll get to it in just a minute. I want to talk about the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. This is what I felt the Lord speak to me. Forgiveness, for me to forgive someone else, requires no reciprocation. Zero. If I wrong Tommy... And I keep harming him and harming him and harming him. I hope he'll get away from me. But if I just keep on coming at him, and he keeps his heart clean, he can forgive me even though I keep coming after him. Requires zero participation on the other side. For me to forgive someone 
does not mean there's an alteration in their behavior at all for me to forgive. Stop waiting on an apology before you forgive. Now let me, let me, let me, let me preface this by what the Lord showed me. And I think this is where I have been confused. I think this is where you've become confused. And then I'm going to back it up with the story that happened to me this week. In order for reconciliation to happen, there has to be an alteration of behavior. Forgiveness requires no reciprocation. Reciprocation. What she said. Reconciliation requires altered behavior. See, Tommy can forgive me, but our relationship's not going to be reconciled unless I change what I'm doing to him. Now, hear this for some of you, because you have been taught you forgive and you open the doors and you let them right back in. No. Depending on the degree of the offense will determine the level of trust. Let me say it again. Depending on the degree of offense will determine the level of trust. Now, we went back to booing Wednesday. Jacob asked us to come down to preach to his, his youth group. He's got a lot of pre-games and stuff that he's doing, and, and so we went down there. Now, we used to pastor in the same church. Andrew and I grew up in the area. I graduated high school there. I hate going to Bowie. I do. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. I've got a memory on every street of that city. Mostly bad. There's a few good. We started out in ministry there in that church when I got saved and, and, and surrendered to the Lord. And we started out as youth pastors in, in Lighthouse Assembly of God in Bowie, Texas. I went to work for the for the pastors, uh, who's the pastor that's there now. I went to Lonnie Harris. Uh, he, I went to work for him in Kilgore as his youth pastor. Now my son is a youth pastor to to my pastor's uh, son. Kind of a strange coinky dink, don't you think? But in that city, there was been so many memories. Of my past and people that run into me and find out what I'm doing, it never ceases to shock them. I love it. We go and see my mother. I've, I've, she's in a nursing home, been there for several years. She's a manic depressant bipolar. She's, she's bed, bed fast. She's got all of her faculties. You just don't want to get out of the bed. So, mom has suffered through this bipolar situation for since my childhood forward tragic events that happened turned her to it it's just wasn't a wasn't a pretty sight so it started when my father started running around on her and he was an alcoholic drug addict want a sinner's sin because they're sinners and it just put her in a tailspin of destructive behavior didn't turn to God she turned to self medication she ended up in that place remarried a man she didn't love this man 
as I've shared with you, abused me emotionally, physically, sexually for several years of my life. Kind of brought me to that place where I didn't know what I wanted, but I didn't want that. I just didn't want that. And the funny thing was, as I'm there visiting my mother, we took the kids over, they, uh, the grandbabies, they went and seen my mom, and they, they went out and went to McDonald's, and I said, I'll meet you over there. And so they went there, and the funny thing was, is my sister, who got mad at me for who knows what, my older sister. She got mad for nothing. I knew I offended her, but I didn't care. I didn't say it was right. It didn't, I wasn't trying to be offensive. I just offended her several months ago. It's like, oh, good. Thanks for calling me. I kind of vacated the premise, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you be mad and we'll get over it one day. You'll get over it one day. She wasn't going to get over it without apology. So I'm sitting there with my mom and the phone rings. I pick up the phone. I was like, hey, sis. I'm mad at you. I'm mad at blah, 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 blah. I really am sorry. See, because it mattered not a lot to me, but it meant everything to her. Her life has been a long series of bad choices. She's all alone. So I just said, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. So the Lord allowed me to reconcile that. And we're talking again. So I leave there, and I go to McDonald's. Andrea and Hannah and the three little ones are sitting in the corner over there. They're, they're enjoying their meal, and I, I walk in, and I look across the room. I see this guy. He looks pretty wore out. I look over there, and I thought, could it? When he got up and he walked outside, holding a cigarette in his hand, left his stuff laying on a seat, walked outside. I called his name. He turned around. I called his middle name. He's like, I said, do you know who I am? It's been over 20 years since I'd seen him. Life had not been kind to him. Nearly drank himself to death. I said, do you know who I am? He said, no. I said, I'm Mike. He said, I'm Mike Sanders. He said, my Mike? I thought in my mind, now that's a stretch. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's me. You know what happened? He walked over and hugged me. And I hugged him. I said, I'm glad you see you're up and about. I heard you wasn't doing too well. He said, yeah. He said, I'm not drinking. He said, I, he said, it's good to see you. I said, it's good to see you. And I went back in. See, I'd long since forgiven him. I'd long since let all that go. But I needed to do it for him. I needed him to know it's okay. And maybe that would open the door for him to come to the Lord. Because I honestly hope that he's in heaven when I get there. Hmm? I didn't tell him who it was. 
I think they figured it out. How many figured out this was my stepdad, my abuser? <laughs> this was my stepdad, my, my abuser for all those many years. That was him in McDonald's at the same time that we were in McDonald's. I've been back and forth and even lived in the city and never ran into him or talked to him. But see, here's the thing. I have forgiven him, but I'm not going to welcome him into my house and leave my children exposed, my grandchildren exposed, because the degree of the hurt was so much was so grievous that there's going to have to be a wide open transformation before that happens. See, forgiveness does not require any in your relationships. But see, there is a power to forgive that I couldn't get to on my own because of all of the disappointments in the hurt and all of the the shame and all of the pain and all of the regrets of my own sins I couldn't get to that place of forgiveness but see the Lord is not just offering us forgiveness that's not even the the totality of the ministry he's given us he's given us the ministry of reconciliation so that we can not only receive forgiveness, but our behavior can be changed so that we can be reconciled to our Father and we can be reconciled to one another. But it starts with letting go. With letting go. See, I had to come to the place myself personally many years ago where I had to let go of the hurt that he put on me. The unforgiveness I had for him, for my mother, for my father, for committing suicide and checking out on me when I needed him the most. I had to get to the place where I had to begin to pray. I had to begin to ask God. I had to begin to do what the word told me to do to bless those because bless those who say it bless those who spitefully use you and persecute you how did i come to the place of forgiveness how did i learn to let go i began to bless him in prayer Lord, bless him just before that semi-truck takes him right out of the world. <laughs> bless him as he's nailing the shingle on top of the house and his foot slips and he lands on his big, fat, ugly head. <laughs> Lord, bless him with uh, blood poisoning. <laughs> bless him with a, a big old dose of cyanide that he drinks down and he's gone in a flash. You think I'm kidding, but this is actually my prayers. <laughs> but I wasn't getting anywhere with it. I began to pray. I began to pray. I said, God bless him. God bless him. 
Bless him coming in and bless him going out. Bless him with favor and understanding. Bless him with a relationship with you. Bless him, Lord God, with longevity of life. Bless him with eternal life. Lord God, free him and forgive him, Lord. I don't know what causes him to do what he does, but God, I pray that you will let him find a place and an altar of forgiveness. And I began to pray this way. And it wasn't just a moment. It was a journey that I was on because God was teaching me, just like he taught Joseph, just like he taught you, that you're on this journey and you're journeying through this hurt and you're not, this pit doesn't make sense. I'm supposed to be able to trust those when we close the door. The whole world is against us. But the people inside are the ones that are sabotaging us over some stuff, writing us out of the will and destroying us because it brings some sort of validation to them. Find yourself in Potiphar's house. It's like, what in the world? Doing everything right and they get thrown in prison. Anybody ever done anything right and still get thrown in prison? What do you do? Hide the towel around you. Just keep serving. Keep trusting. Keep going. Keep knowing. Keep, keep believing God. And still you're at that place and it makes no sense. None of it makes any sense. Just get them in a room by myself. I could take care of business. Or I get so far away from them, I never had to think about them again. Or I come to a place and I forgive them because I understand what God has done, why He's done what He's, why things have happened the way they've happened. This is my interpretation, and I am closing. Joseph could have gotten to the palace, potentially another path. But ultimately, he made his way to become a preserver of life. You can argue the point when you preach it. I don't, it doesn't matter. Just like I always wondered if my kids would value their place in life without having the experiences that I had and yes they do and yes they will you don't have to go the path of destruction in order to have appreciation for what you have but see ultimately Joseph understood as he took all of that see I could have held the unforgiveness to a stepfather to a mother to a father I could carry it to my grave. I could hold on to the right of it. I could say, they hurt me and I demand my rights. Or, I can lay it before the Lord and say, God, you're in charge. You're in charge. My life belongs to you. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here today. Do not let the evil of others withhold the good that God has in store. Worship team, help me. Please stand if, if you will. We're going to honor Hayden in just a moment for his accomplishment as a graduate. But right now, I just believe that there is someone in this house who needed desperately to hear this message. And I don't want to leave here today without giving you the opportunity to say, God, I surrender. Help me to let go. Help me to let go. 
I want you right now, I'm not going to do the, the show of hands or the closing of eyes. I'm going to ask you right now. You know this message was for you. You're, you, maybe you're a child of God, maybe you're not. But that unforgiveness, that hurt is what kept you from deeper relationships with others and it has kept you from a deeper relationship with God. If that's you today, I want you to step out. We're going to pray with you and we're going to pray for you. And we're going to change the order of service. If this message was for you and you're like, I'm going free of this unforgiveness today. I'm going to let God guide me through this. Come on. Come on. There are others that are in here. Come on. Come on. Right now, just let it go. It's, it's taking too much of your time. It's time to release. There's going to be forgiveness in some of your situations. There's going to be reconciliation. But ultimately, you're going free today. Come on. Come on. Come on.